On this week's episode of the Wealth Collective Podcast, we're going to be talking about new super strategies for 2020 and also some tried and tested ones. Um, So if you want some tips and strategies on how to boost your super, then stay tuned. Everything we talk about on today's podcast is general advice only because we don't know your individual personal situation. Before you act on anything we've spoken about, you should chat to your financial advisor. And if you don't have one, feel free to reach out to us. Now, on to today's show. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of the Wealth Collective Podcast. I'm Zach Masters, and today I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Pete Pennicott. Pete, hey, how are you? Good to be here, Zach. Very pumped. Yeah, taking over the um, responsibilities of the intro. So. Oh, yeah, you're whinging about not getting enough airtime, <laughs> yeah. so I thought I'd hand over the duties and now, now we've got no podcast listeners left. So. That's it, everyone's tuned out. <laughs> but I am here, guys, so uh, worry not. <laughs> uh, so today we're going to be talking about um, superannuation opportunities for 2020. Um, so with it being the start of the year, super is constantly a changing landscape and something um, that we talk about quite a lot. Um, but the reason is that there's so much um, opportunities and so much different legislation that's constantly changing around um, super that it's important to make sure that you you keep on top of it um, to make sure that you're, you're taking advantage of any potential uh, loopholes or ways that you can get money into super to make it um, no, as efficient for you as loop, possible. Loopholes, Zach. Just yeah, good, solid loopholes, strategies. Just strategies, that's it. I know the ATO tunes into this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so no, no, no loopholes, just good tried and you know, tried and tested strategies that just work. And it's going to be one of your biggest assets outside of the family home. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a tax structure. It's not an investment. Um, you can hold a host of different types of assets within super. Um, so it can suit... Most people, so and it's a lot of the, you know, a lot of you are gonna accumulate it by default anyway, just by sort of being employed. Um, so yeah, it's too big to ignore. So I know we sort of rehash this, but it is the one that we get the most questions on. It gets a bad rap sometimes because it's constantly changing, um, but it still is a fantastic way to compound your wealth um, and to have yeah a large chunk of it, sort of up to one point six million dollars um, at the moment in a tax free income stream when you do retire. Um, providing you meet certain conditions, uh, it's pretty pretty fantastic in terms of what that can do for you from a lifestyle perspective. Yeah, definitely. Um, so today we're going to be running through some of the more recent changes to super along with some of the tried and tested and um, strategies that you should should be looking at. Yeah, just the basics. So, the, you know, the superannuation 101 that, you know, it sounds like you should know it, but like, you know, these things do change. So good to get a bit of a refresher. We've got five months left in the financial year to take advantage of it. So just remember, superannuation is not on calendar years. So it's mm. not, you know, January to December. It is a sort of you know July to June um, structure as well. So similar, to, it aligns with your tax return. Cool. So before we get started today, I might get you to run through some of the basics. So what are the um, contribution caps for concessional, non-concessional, and also um, some of the terminology that we might be using in today's episode. Yeah, so contributions are probably that's the most common um, terminology we use, and that's basically deposits you make into superannuation. Um, so, and that's mainly what we'll focus on today. So, you know, there's a lot of withdrawal strategies and pension strategies, but we'll focus primarily on the contribution side of things today. Um, so, they're the deposits that on the concessional side. So, they're the pre-tax, uh, so before-tax contributions that go in, um, and that's a combination of things which include. 
your employer contributions, personal deductible contributions, so ones that you've actually deposited money in yourself and claimed a, um, a tax deduction. Um, and then you have your non-concessional contributions, which are the ones that are after tax. So these are you know, funds that you've had in your personal account and you've put in um, after tax. You don't get a tax uh, benefit on that, but the tax treatment on the, the way out is a little bit different as well. So um, yeah, in terms of the caps on those, so concessional contributions have a $25,000 annual cap. Uh, and again, that's for the financial year. Um, and that cap includes, you know, salary sacrifice, your employer contributions, personal deductible contributions, and any other um, pre-tax contributions that go as part of that. Um, and non-concessional contributions, we've got a $100,000 um, annual cap um, on those as well. So you know, we've got some flexibility. The reason why the, yeah, the deductible um, and the sort of the tax effective ones are a little bit lower in terms of cap because they're more tax advantageous. So um, you want to make sure you're taking advantage of those. And it's important to note that those um, are for all your super accounts. So if you have multiple super accounts, you can't be doing $25,000 into each. Otherwise, um, everyone would have like hundreds of super fund accounts. Exactly. So this is your over your total um, total superannuation. So the other one that we didn't talk about today is a lot is the total superannuation balance. So do you want to run us through that? Yeah. Well? So total superannuation balance is um, really relevant because it impacts your ability to um, take advantage or utilize certain strategies. And your total superannuation balance, the easiest way to find that is generally via way of your MyGov account. Uh, if you don't have a MyGov account, I don't know how you're functioning or existing. <laughs> um, but if you if you don't register, um, we'll put it in the show notes. But basically, it's the combined superannuation balance across accumulation and pension accounts um, that sits on all of your super funds. So a really important one to know um, because different strategies will have different, um, I guess, thresholds um, where you're eligible or, or ineligible for, to take advantage of those. Cool. Um, so I think that gets most of the formalities out of the way um but first off we're going to talk about um something that's pretty much pretty new and um quite exciting and that's catch up pre-tax concessional contributions um so this is the one where if you didn't make use of the full twenty-five thousand dollar cap that you can then bring the unused amount forward and contribute it in the um, next financial year giving you a bigger deduction and tax saving um so the catch is with this one that you need to have had less than five hundred thousand dollars um, in your total superannuation balance. Uh, so, Pete, where do you see this one working? Have you used it yet? Um, Have you used like it? it? Um, I think the the interesting thing is going to be the monitoring of this. So, um, watching the advancements and um, improvements to MyGov are going to be pretty exciting because this is the diffi most difficult thing is actually going, well, what is my actual number? Um, because there's a lot of grunt work that goes into it and trying to get that right so you can actually make really informed decisions and um, utilize your full cap uh, is really important. Why this one is, this is really, really exciting. Um, so you can bank those, um, that unused cap. So you, know, you might have only had $10,000 go in in one year so you can carry forward 15. And because you can do this for a period of five years, there's a, a substantial amount of um, pre-tax contributions that you can save up mm. um, and if you are selling an asset um, you're having a big um, income year because you're getting a short-term incentive or a bonus or a pay increase that pushes you into a high marginal tax rate um, you might have you might not be working um, on taking some time off because you're starting a family or you're sort of doing a career break and then you come back into the workforce and you go great I haven't lost this opportunity 
I can actually save them up and sort of have a real big impact um, by making a lump sum contribution um, and claim a tax deduction for it. So making sure you are lodging that form and um, doing all the correct things to make sure it is a, um, a deductible contribution. Really, really important. So um, especially selling large chunky assets. So if you are sort of transacting on a share portfolio, um, so shout out to people that have ridden the wave of Afterpay or CSL, CSL. and <laughs> or sort of sold an investment property because you know experienced a lot of capital growth. So you know you can use that to um, offset some of the capital gains tax that's going to apply. Yeah, this is where you should be thinking about. Oh well, if I'm not going to, if I am going to be potentially selling one of these assets in a future uh, financial year, then you may you know not make the extra concessional contributions in this financial year or yeah. uh, different things like that where you can start to think strategically about and going, well, this is going to have greater impact if I save these unused amounts up um, for, a, for a future year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you just need to be more strategic and this gives you the ability to be more strategic about it and plan ahead. So you always should be looking into the future before making any super contribution or any sort of investment decision. Um, so this just gives you sort of a little bit more control on how you do that. So, Cool. Um, is that it for that one? Nothing else? Yeah, no, that's on? all good. We've got that covered. So. Perfect. Um, the next one that we want to talk about is the new work test exemption. So this is a little bit more of a niche one um, compared to that one. But uh, if you're age 65 to 74, you may be able to contribute this financial year even if you're not working. So normally you'd have to meet the work test to contribute, um, which means you have to, have to be gainfully employed for 40 hours over a rolling 30-day period. Um, this one, the catch is that you must have work, met the work test in 2018-19 financial year and had a total super balance of less than 300000 uh, You cannot use this exemption if you fully retire before 2018-19 as the work test must be satisfied in the financial year preceding the year that you wish to contribute. Um, so have you used this one yet, Pete? I've used it um, only very, very recently. So I think the, the funds have just gone in. Um, so yeah, it's again... There is a yeah, it's a limited use case, so there's less people that are going to benefit from this one. But what it does give you is a lot of people do hold off selling a, an asset or they make a lifestyle change at the same time they do retire, especially yeah. at this age. It might be downsizing, so this might interplay with other contributions as well. Um, but it does give us that extra year because often there's a hell of a lot happening in that last year where you're leading up to retirement and you may overlook um, super contributions as a strategy and then come up for air and go, hey, okay, I've got all this time on my hands. I need to be thinking about my retirement. Oh, I've got this money stuck outside of my personal name. Is it better to have inside super? Well, you've got another window of opportunity to do this. Um, again, you know, there's certain age parameters here, there's certain superannuation balances that apply. So mm. it's not for everyone, for, but for the people that you know are in that zone and you know, if you've got less than 300,000, more than likely you're going to be... Um, eligible for yeah you might be on age pension benefits as well so i think this is a really really important one so just sort of have that as a trigger in your head if you are retiring if you are you know over age 65 you've got a superannuation balance in that zone definitely sort of lift up the hood and go hey is this right for me perfect so you mentioned their downsizer contributions so that's going to be the next one that we talk about um so downsizer contributions was one that came in in 2018 um, so it's if you're 65 years or older and meet the eligibility requirements, you may be able to choose to make a downsizer contribution into your super of up to $300,000 from the proceeds of selling your home. Um, so your downsizer contribution is a separate contribution, so it's not a non-concessional and doesn't count towards your contribution caps. Um, the downsizer contribution can still be made even if you have a total super balance 
greater than 1.6 million and doesn't affect your total super balance until the total super balance is recalculated um, to include all the contributions um, at the end of the financial year. So this one is one for those that are looking um, or may have already retired potentially and have sold their family home that they've been living in over 10 years. Um, and that's that means that you can then put the money, a large chunk of the money into super. If you're in a couple, then it means that 300,000 turns into 600,000 dollars potentially um, and you don't have to downsize. So that's one of the major things with this is you can go and buy another property that's worth more or you don't have to buy another property. Um, there's no rules around that side of it. Yeah, you could buy a mansion. Yeah, like you exactly. could actually get a house twice the size, twice the cost. Um, but it does give you the, sort of another lever to pull as well to um, get more assets into super because this is when you're more likely to be transitioning that into an income stream as well. Perfect. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about on the downsizer contribution? No, no, good. That's, I think that covers it all. And it's. I think most people are pretty well versed in it. And the trigger point is just be really, really quick onto it. So there is a time frame where you have to get that um, contribution in. And it's all related to settlement date. Yep. Perfect. Uh, the next one is spouse contribution. So can you run us through these ones? These are ones that we talk about quite a bit. Yeah, so spouse contributions is really sort of um, if your partner's earning a low income or taking some time off work, doing some caring responsibilities and they're not earning a lot of super, it gives you the ability to actually give them a little bit of a, a boost and make sure that superannuation is not dragging and falling behind. Um, so what you do is it's a, a contribution and you need to sort of make sure you're specifically noting what type of contribution it is. Um, and you can gain a $540 or up to $540 tax offset as a result of that by making a $3,000 um, contribution into your spouse's account. And this applies for you know, where your spouse is earning you know, anything less than $40,000 a year. So it does, this one's quite wide ranging. Uh, a tax offset is better than a tax deduction because it's dollar for dollar. Um, so pretty exciting. You know, most superannuation funds, I haven't really come across any recently that don't accept these types of contributions. Mm. Um, but the trick here is making sure you are nominating what type of contribution it is as it goes in. So the easiest way to do that is most super funds on their website will have like um, payment instructions or it probably comes on your annual statements as well. So there might be a different BPAY reference number or a sort of um, EFT code that goes along with that. So you know, if you've got one spouse earning less than 40000 that should be sort of a, um, a light bulb moment or a trigger to look at this as a uh, strategy. Awesome. Um, and then the last one that we're going to touch on today, um, which is a recent change, is the insurance changes. So from the 1st of July 2019, uh, regardless of what balance you might have in the account, insurance will be cancelled if it's been classified as inactive. So inactive means that over a rolling six month, 16 month period, no contributions have been received or the member is not otherwise engaged with the account. So for example, requesting a change to their investment strategy or their insurances. Um, so a lot of people probably would have recently started to get letters from their super funds um, stating that the, the account's going to be classified as inactive if they don't action it. Uh, this becomes really important if you've potentially done a rollover and just kept some money sitting in an old super fund to keep the insurances running. Um, Pete, is this something that you're seeing quite a bit of? Or? A lot. The Australia Post is benefiting a lot from this because <laughs> yeah. a lot of mail going out. Um, I don't know what it is, a dollar per envelope nowadays. So... Um, yeah, there's like a lot of times you might have wanted to retain your, your insurance. Uh, you've kept a minimal balance and then you keep topping it up sort of ad hoc. Uh, but you really need to be more across it now because it's not a matter of it's just, okay, if the balance drops below a certain point, there's like 
there's it's a lot you need to be a lot more proactive about your decisions and making sure you're keeping your super fund informed and responding to wedding correspondence um and my big advice here is open your superannuation mail yeah i know there's a lot of people out there that if it's got a logo from your super fund in then they go chuck it out yeah who cares um i'll deal with that later uh, and throw it out or just leave it there unopened so that's really really common i can't even explain to you how many appointments i have where people bring their details in and we're we're literally opening their mail at the same time so Mm. um just make sure you do that because you you may not be able to reapply for the cover so there may be medical reasons for it there may be age-based um limits on sort of applying for cover so yeah so especially those of you that are like you know extended paternity leave or different things like that where um you know you mightn't have been in the workforce for 16 months or you've become self-employed recently but you know, your super's in there thinking your insurances are going in, but you haven't made any contributions. Yeah. And um, yeah, and the impacts are so significant. So if, you've, if you're needing the cover and if you're sort of, um, yeah, someone that goes, okay, well, I, I'm relying on this. If I need, this is my plan B. If something goes wrong from a, you know, if I pass away, if I come, become disabled or I'm unable to work, really, really important you've got that cover. So it's just hygiene. So making sure you're on top of this is really important. Awesome. Um, is there anything else? Or I think that pretty much sums most of it up. Is there anything uh, else you want to add? One final remark is just, there's always one final remark yep. off the show. <laughs> so making sure you're reviewing the underlying investments within your fund as well. So when you're putting the contributions, you can actually nominate where it goes to. Um, so generally, if you've got just one sort of default option, it'll just get sucked into the default option. But strategically, you might want to make some changes there and reallocate that to different um, parts within the portfolio. Um, and in particular, why I've sort of raised this one is I have come across people that um, late in 2019, when the market dropped about 20, 25%, got a little bit spooked um, and switched a lot of their fund into cash. They never got super confident again. So we're uh, coming across a lot of people that have a, still a lot of money in super defensive assets, yeah. which are not in line with their long-term risk profile, not in line with where they are from an age uh, perspective as well. I've also um, missed out on quite a... Decent Probably one of, the of be- one of the best years um, <laughs> ever for superannuation. So I think that's really important. I, I sort of encourage people not to overtrade inside super, just sort of um, make sure you get your investment um, profile and strategy right for the long term and let it stay there because it's impossible to time the market. So there's a lot of people that go, oh, I'm going to sit this out for a bit, switch it to cash, flick it back. Um, so why, how you can do that and sort of manage your nervousness is you might leave bulk of your fund sitting in um, that sort of the option that's tilted towards growth and then redirects maybe super contributions into something different, um, which might give you a little bit more peace of mind and comfort that you might put them in a more defensive option. So, um, yeah, utilize that. Um, there's you know, online forms for most of those as well. So a um, bit of a shout out to the funds that are accommodating those things as well. Awesome. Um, perfect. Well, that, I think that just about wraps it up. Um, so as always, if you've got any questions, feel free to email connect at picada.com.au or hit us up on any of our socials. Um, otherwise, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, Pete. Cheers.